0: Now Kopp lays it off for Lafreniere, back for Fox. Fox shuttle score on the power play. With two seconds left in the penalty, Adam Fox picks the short side and the Rangers Three minutes and 40 seconds into Game 7, have a one nothing lead. Domi setting it up, one-timer blasted by and Shesterkin makes the save. Oh, excellent heads-up pass there by Max Toney. Zivanejad hammers one that goes wide of the Canes net. Fox gets to it, back to Zivanejad, Crowder deflection and scores. The Rangers are now 2-for-2 two two on the power play, making a too-many-men penalty against the Carolina Hurricanes truly hurt. At the eight-minute mark of the first period, a 2-0 lead for the Rangers. The Spence sends it across it. Terra and rips one. That Shesterkin gets the glove too. All right, backhand in for Niederrider. And Shesterkin makes the save, and then Niederrider throws Lindgren into the boards and has some words for the Ranger defense. Trubas blasts his head and then. Ronta is given a cross check by Kreider. They say play on. Zabanajan with a chance at the side of the net. But Toronto will get to it. And Ronta is in some pain on the ice. 423 left in the second period. And Auntie Ronta is in serious pain. The Rangers will send one across and Kochetkov gets across and makes the save and the Canes turning the puck the other way. It's Aho. Aho across. Svechnikov can't handle it. Bounced on Svechnikov as Aho sent it across for the young winger. Couldn't complete the shot and now the Rangers have a chance at a two-on-one as Strong comes in, his shot will beat Kocetkov. Short side, 3-0, New York. Now a chance for Martinuk out front, and oh, starkin with his best save of the game as Martinuk was set up perfectly by Domi. 30 seconds in here to the third Pianzolo period. tries to spin one from a sharp angle. That's taken away, and away comes the Rangers. Kreider in on Kocetkov, and he scores. Chesterkin takes a stroll, gives it up to Carolina, oh, ajo had an empty net, and somehow it doesn't go in. D'Angelo with the rebound, his chance to score! A power play goal! So the Canes get on the board with 11.49 left in the third. It will be a power play marker in one of the stranger sequences. You'll see a goal scored on with the manager by the Rangers into the Cane Zone. Lafreniere though has it bounce on him, but a loose puck pounces on Hito, and here coming in and score five hole. Is Brendan Smith who will throw this puck into the Rangers zone. Carolina's offside. There's five seconds left here in the season for Carolina. Schneider on the puck for the Rangers behind his own net. And the clock hits zero. And the Carolina Hurricanes season will come to an end here tonight game number 100 if you include the preseason contests the canes for the first time this postseason will lose at home as the rangers knock out carolina from postseason play with a 6-2 win here in game seven
1: this is the canes corner podcast with host adam gold presented by the aluminum company of north carolina the canes corner podcast is part of the capital broadcasting podcast network now here's your host Adam Gold.
2: Welcome to the Cane's Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold, and this is our final morning after pod. That's it. No more morning after, because no more games. Hurricanes finally got bit by the pattern changing. Home team isn't always going to win. Canes lose 6-2, really fell apart early. Carolina right in it, even in, even late into the second period, without playing a good second period. I didn't think Carolina was great in the second period, but they were right there. And if Andres Svechnikov could bury the pass from Sebastian Ajo after the Antti Ranta injury to 2-1 game, you think, okay, but they don't convert. Ryan Strom does on the other end. Pass Peter Kachetkoff. A not so great short side goal. And there's your ball game. 3 0. Carolina wasn't coming back from that. Rangers scored the first goal of the third period anyway. Carolina got one back. Actually scored twice in the third period. Rangers uh countered each time, and they went at six to two. Uh, hurricanes lose the season series in seven games. First time the hurricanes have ever lost a game seven, you knew that was going to come to an end at some point. And they get beat by the Rangers. and really get beat by Igor Shesterkin more than anything else, not to take anything away from the Rangers. They were the better team tonight. Carolina was a little bit of a mess and scrambling and in the penalty box early in the first period, and they lost Seth Jarvis to an injury to what I would uh, imagine is a concussion on a hit from Jacob Truba. Hit I thought was, we'll just say, within the rules. I don't believe there was anything, you know, Penaltyable, if you will, about uh, about that play. Uh, and when it all added up, it was handshakes time and Carolina not on the good end of it. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Sammy is crew do a great job. Siding, roofing, windows, doors, they have it all. Free to obligation estimate online at AluminumCompany.com. We'll just set this up real quick. Uh, then we're going to spend some time with Michael Smith. He's been doing intermissions on the Hurricanes Radio Network for the last couple of months. And uh, then we'll come back. And I've got some thoughts on uh, a little bit. I'm not going to spend too much time on looking forward. I'm much more interested in kind of assessing why it ended the way it ended. And uh, personally, it really does come down to goals. I mean, that's how we determine winners. Carolina became an elite defensive team, but also one that struggled to score. And there's really no way around that. Carolina became a team that over the course of, uh, you know, the last, really the last half of the season, just struggled to score goals just wasn't as easy as it was in the beginning of the season you know there there were very few big goal outbursts for this team and they were basically content uh and successful winning by scoring three basically maybe four goals a game but basically it was a three goal thing uh carolina just had a hard time uh you know kind of figuring all that uh, that goal scoring out and in the last if I could just get it 45 goals 45 games of the season in which Carolina was 27 12 and 6 nothing wrong with that uh, Carolina scored 146 goals which was roughly about just over three goals a game they only gave up 118 which isn't bad I mean, actually, 118 goals—pretty doggone good. But the goal scoring just wasn't as wasn't as plentiful in the second half of the season, and ultimately, it caught them caught up to them in the postseason when they had trouble, even with great scoring chances, had trouble burying a lot of opportunities. Hurricanes averaged 3.24 goals per game. In the last 45 games of the regular season, there's nothing wrong with averaging 3.24 goals per game. That's a pretty, pretty stout number. But over the first, what, 37 games, you know, they were averaging uh, almost 3.6 goals a game. So uh, you're talking about, you know, I, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. Yeah, it's a pretty significant drop off, and Carolina just didn't have as much exp- as much explosion. And there's a lot of reasons why. We'll get to the you know the reasons for that in a little bit. Uh, but the offense went down. The power play dried up. Power play was bad at the end of the season, and the power play continued to be bad in the postseason. So, uh, that's just the way that uh, everything kind of transpired. For Carolina. And I know there's a lot of angry. I mean, we're hurt, right? Everybody's hurt. You wanted to see the team do well. I wanted to see the team do well. You know, I'm, you know, relatively, you know, to a certain extent. I mean, it's not like we hang out, but relatively close with the head coach. I know how badly he wants to bring us another Stanley Cup here to Carolina. I understand that. So I know how, how many guys in that locker room are hurting and how the head coach feels about this particular team. And they just couldn't figure out the power play. And more importantly, they couldn't stop anybody else on the power play. I'm going to throw this number out at you. And this is something to digest over the summer. And this is what the, the Hurricanes will have to deal with. In the last four postseasons, three series in 19, two in 20, albeit one was a three-game sweep. They only played eight postseason games in 20 in the bubble. The following year, uh, the, the wacky Central Division year, two series, and then this year, two series, albeit 14 games. The Hurricanes have been outscored on the power play. 45 to 22. 45 power play goals against. 45! That is an insane number. A completely insane number. 45 power play goals. Just no no way around that. No way to dress that up, right? The Hurricanes allowed this year 51 power play goals in 82 games. They have allowed 45 in the postseason the last four years. So they played 15 games in 19. They played 8 in 20. That's 23, right? They played 11 in 21. That's 34. And they played 14. So they've played 52. Did I get that right? No. 48. They've played 48 playoff games in the last four years and have have allowed 45 power play goals. They got outscored... On the power play this year, 13 7. The Rangers had seven power play goals in 21 chances. This was the best penalty kill in the NHL, not close this year. And they got roasted while shorthanded. They scored two shorthanded goals, and it really kept them in the series. The shorthanded goal for Brendan for uh Brendan Smith won game two. Then the shorthanded goal for Vincent Trocek off a feed from Jordan Stahl helped them win game five. And at that point, you thought, well, maybe the Hurricanes won't really lose the power play battle because they would have got- gotten two shorthanded goals, but the Rangers just kept scoring. And the Rangers scored in five on the power play in five straight games. And ultimately, that's why the Hurricanes lost this series. Michael Smith, Hurricanes intermission reporter, and of course, uh, the man who keeps Dennis Cox uh, awake, alive during the aftermath. Uh, <laughs> uh, it ended. It all ended too soon. I had another. I was confident. I had another two, at least two weeks, maybe a month of hockey coverage in me. Uh, but uh, it was. It was not to be. Um, in, a, in a nutshell, I mean, is it pretty simple why this series ended with the Rangers in in front?
1: Yeah, you and me both, A.G. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, look, it's, the story all series was special, specialty teams, right? Yep. Um, and in the end, that's, again, what it boiled down to in the first period. Three minutes and 40 seconds in when the Rangers score on their power play. Uh, then not even five minutes later they get another one and the Hurricanes have two power plays of their own and they can't convert and that's just you know at, at some point it, it, you move past the okay well we generated chances maybe we generated a little momentum and it just gets to the point where you just have to convert. The Hurricanes just weren't able to do that on the power play uh, and the Rangers were and that's you know 2 nothing lead after the first period and um, they can kind of just uh, control the game from there. Yeah,
2: and they kind of did, you know, but it's interesting. Late in the period, um, we had the Truba shot, Chris Kreider. I'm not really sure how you can cross check the goaltender from behind yeah. and it not get called. I'm just not sure how that's even possible. Um, and I, I am of the mind it had nothing to do with with the Ronta injury except he was out of position and then yep. scrambled to get back to uh uh to essentially, you know, defend the shot by Zabanajad which didn't go. Uh I don't even know that there was a shot. Uh ultimately, I think there was uh, you know, an, an enough defense that bothered the shot, but either way, Ronta had to get over uh and I mean, I, he just went face first down at that point. Um and then Kachetkov came in, but uh, from that injury, it just sort of cast a pall over the arena. But it's only a two nothing game, and you have the uh, the Kachetkov save, which I think was on Strom. Yep. Uh, and then the Aho to Svechnikov chance. If mm-hmm. that if that goes, it's a two one game. And, yeah, and and, uh, and they're still there. And then of course it goes the other way, and they score
1: and the lid blows off the place and it's a, it's a, it's a whole different vibe. Um, there, there were certain moments like that too. Like after the hurricanes killed off the penalty, um, in the second period and the crowd rose to its feet and, and tried to get some juice going. I think there was a let's go Canes chant, um, before the, the third period, you know, there were, there were certain moments that you could kind of feel like, okay, you know, if if something's going to happen, it, it it might happen soon, and it just it just never quite got there. Um, it, it was always just just inches away from a, a game breaking moment happening. And this is a team all season, Adam. That I mean, you know, has uh, has always been in every single game essentially. So even when it was two nothing, even when it was three nothing, you felt like okay, you know, this is a this is a team who can who can easily just get right back in it. But then you just start to see the time tick away and those moments, those potentially momentum-changing moments uh, just not swing in the hurricane's favor and eventually kind of come to grips with the reality that, that that's going to be the
2: season. Seven for twenty-one on the power play for the Rangers in this series, two for eighteen, I believe, for Carolina on the power play. Carolina did get two shorthanded goals. They were both big, uh, essentially at one game two and at one game five. Uh, but that that was that. Uh the Rangers had nine first period goals <laughs> to yep. Carolina's one. Um, yeah. And still, we got to Game Seven. Of course, two of those goals came today. Uh, if Carolina wins the game, one nothing in the third period goal it doesn't matter that they got outscored seven to one in the first period. Uh, but it, it They didn't win the game, and they didn't win the series. So nine one matters. Uh, but think about this, Mike. In the last four years, the last four se- uh, playoff seasons, forty eight games. Carolina has been outscored on the power play 45 to 22. Mm. 45 to 22 sure. on the power play. They got outscored on the with the man advantage 13 to 7 in this uh in these playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's not good. It's not sustainable at all. You need your penalty kill. A penalty kill too that was the best in the league in the regular season. Yep to come up big. Um, And it just, it it wasn't able to, especially tonight when they needed, when they needed it most. I mean, you look at the first goal, Um, just uh, a puck that doesn't get deep enough. And then you're caught trying to make a change and you've essentially killed off the penalty. Yep. I think there were two seconds left on the power play when Fox scored. Yes. But That happens on just you know just basic tenets of penalty killing is getting pucks deep, making sure you don't get caught trying to make a change like that. We'll give the Rangers credit. I mean, of course, for Fox the shot, and then the second power play goal was gorgeous pass from Savanajad to Kreider right out front. Yeah, guy who scored sixty goals this season. So, (laughs) but. It's just you know those those little moments are immensely magnified not only in the playoffs certainly in a game seven though yeah uh, and and you know when it came down to it it's the specialty teams just wasn't special enough
2: yeah let's real quick just to go through those two power play goals the first one's really caused by a turnover by Ronta behind his net you know Ronta goes back to play the puck. Uh, his uh, I guess he was trying to rim it around. It gets intercepted. Uh, yep. now Aho essentially to try to prevent a great scoring chance takes a hooking penalty. So not only do you have Aho in the box, uh, but he's a penalty killer. So it messes right. the, that rotation up. Uh, the goal, as you said, the puck didn't get deep enough, and then Martin Hachis is, I mean, just pick somebody. He he was right. he was marking. Uh, was it Lafreniere? And then he was marking Fox and Brady Shea's. Like, what are you doing? Uh, and then they allow, they have to allow Fox so much room because Nate just, uh, I think, just confused Shea. And I'm really yeah. not sure that Rontas got a good look at the puck. I don't know. Maybe it nah, won- it, it looked like he yeah, was
1: yeah. Yeah, it looked like he was trying to look through a couple bodies for sure.
2: So that's that's the first goal. The second goal it comes right after the jacob Truba hit on seth jarvis so yep. that that was the too many men on the ice penalty uh which like i don't know how you viewed the the Truba hit on jarvis or the the too many men i mean i i, know, I have no problem with the way the whole thing was officiated i mean I think yeah
1: i mean well, i i think it's unfortunate because I, I think it was marty Natchez who was jumping on the ice i don't think he realized what Sort of shapes that Jarvis was in. Right. Um, And that's how you get caught with six guys on the ice. I mean, it's unfortunate the way that transpires, Um, just the nature of it all. But, you know, it was, I suppose it was called correctly. I didn't really have a problem with the hit. I think, I I think Jacob Truba himself, I think, is, uh, you know, attracts a lot of criticism for uh, and some of it well-deserved for, for uh, how he plays. But um, I, I mean, I guess the, the puck had, had left, but at that point, I'm not sure there's anything Jacob Truba can do to, to slow up uh, and not hit Jarvis. I mean, sure. When you look at it in super slow motion, you're like, Oh, the puck was, was way gone, but you look at it in real speed. And I'm just, uh, I no. really don't know if there's anything he can do there. He keeps the elbow in. he keeps the shoulder you know he's not leaning with anything in particular um I mean unfortunately there is some some head contact there but I think that's just a, a matter of size differential yeah. more or less I didn't have any problem with the head it was just it's, it's unfortunate to see the way Seth Jarvis's yep. postseason you know ended for him and and really over the course of the the series transpired for him because he really got beat up from head to uh, <laughs> lip, not exactly his toes, but down there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Head to Well, it's true. He got one of those too. That's right. Yeah. He took one right in the Jarvises uh, yeah. in the first round, uh, then, then took a, uh, a Ryan Strom, uh, stick to the upper lip. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has, uh, he has been through it. Uh, here, my, my my read was uh, it's one of those unfortunate hits that's just part of the game. Yeah. Uh, and we all, everybody who follows this sport understands the phrase, you take a hit to make a play. Jarvis was making a pass. The puck, he had just gotten rid of the puck. So he's still fair game. That's just the way the sport is. I mean, if we take yeah. it, look, I have no problem if they want to take that out of the game. That's fine. Um, But, I mean he had just gotten rid of the puck and look, we have a lot of people who um, I'll just say, I'll just say new media. Okay. We have a lot of people that want, want it both ways. They want to be thought of as people who cover uh, people who are in some ways experts. I think it's a stupid word because I'm certainly not an expert, Um, but I, but I get paid to cover the team and I want to cover it objectively. Like I thought the Max Domi hit, the Truba hit on Max Domi, I thought that was flat and dirty. I think I thought Domi's head never lowered. It was it stayed the same height the whole time and Truba lined him up and did exactly what he wanted to do. Um but this, I thought this was just this was just a a hard, tough hit and Truba's reputation, it's sort of like when Tom Wilson delivers a hit, uh you're right. always going to think it's worse than it is. I think yeah. Truba I think Truba crosses the line a lot. I don't yeah. think he crossed the line in this. I think this was a good, a good, clean hit that, yeah, there was some head contact, but to me the point of contact is shoulder to shoulder, and then finishing the check, you know, Jarvis probably gets part of it on the chin, and that was that.
1: There's, uh, there's a reason why he and you mentioned Tom Wilson are, are such lightning rods when something like that happens, because they do play – with an edge they play on the edge um and there's certainly many instances you can point to uh for for both players and say you know this was uh this was an extremely bad hit um but i wouldn't point to that jarvis i mean uh, from a technical standpoint it looked uh about as ideal as you'd want a hockey check from like a checking standpoint just driving into the guy um it's just unfortunate the way it ended for Jarvis. Uh, and it's interesting you mentioned the Max Domi hit too. I mean, I I didn't have a huge problem with that one either just because I think if, from the way I read it, I, I almost thought um, it was a situation where Domi might have looked up and seen who it was, and then that cha- kind of changes the way he reacts to it. Um, and Truba's just finishing the play more or less uh, very similar to what he did here with Jarvis. Um, the puck had just left and, um, but yeah, I, I you know, he just, he played a heavy series. He plays a heavy game, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, and, and, um, there, there are times when, um, when he's going to cross a line, I think that's just the nature of, of the way he plays. And so there's always going to be debate over when, um, you know when something like that happens, but um, I didn't have a problem with the hit. It's just unfortunate the way obviously it ended for Jarvis, and unfortunate too that it resulted in the too many men penalty uh, that then uh, resulted in the the second power play goal of the first period for the Rangers.
2: A right, couple of a uh, couple of other things. Um, let's talk about some of the guys who were really MIA uh, in the series. Um, Martin Natchez. Was just, and he was playing with Trochek and Svechnikov on a, uh, on a second line or a third line, however you want to phrase it. Um, they just, just, I mean, 14 games, no goals. Um, yeah. 50, his last 45 games of the regular season, six goals, 19 points. Add um, the 14 of the postseason, 59 games, six goals. He had 14 goals and 41 points in 53 games last year. They thought he was going to take another step. It went the other way. Took a a giant step back. Even Andre. Andre had just four goals. One of them was an empty netter, although, I mean, he played well in the game where he got the empty net. I guess that was the game one against Boston, I think. Um, But did basically nothing in the series against the Rangers seven games, one goal. Um, yeah, They just needed more out of their better players. I mean, Aho was right. fine. I don't think Aho was bad. I didn't think Aho was amazing, but I think Aho, he produced some points. He ended up with, what, 10 points total, five points in this series, five points in the Boston series. I mean, again, not quite to his normal uh, standard, but, I mean, he wasn't holding them back. They just needed more out of some of the other guys.
1: Yeah, I, I don't remember if it was a conversation we had on this podcast or maybe it was a conversation um, that I had on air with Dennis. Um, it might have been this podcast, but I think I mentioned Marty Natchez as a potential X-Factor yeah. player for the Hurricanes in the playoffs. And, you know, I think for the Hurricanes, um, you know, if they were going to have team success, you kind of needed – that depth scoring you needed your players who could be difference makers to to do just that to be difference makers and you know whether it was nature's overall or svechnikov in this round i mean for for a time you know coming into i believe it was game five I don't think had a point in this series. I don't think Trochek had a point in the series. You know, there were guys that entire second line or, you know, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, matching up against, uh, the kid line for the Rangers. Um, they just weren't, uh, weren't showing up on the score sheet. And it, it's, it's tough. It's tough when that happens. It would have been tough, you know, matching up against a team like the lightning. Um, still thought the hurricanes matched up pretty well against the Rangers, but when it came down to it, um, uh, the Rangers players I think that, that needed to step up and, and maybe the power play is a big part of that. I mean you look at a lot of that production and it's, it's your, your, your top players on that top power play unit producing. And the hurricanes just, you know as we've documented, didn't have that either. And maybe if they get that, maybe that translates to some confidence five on five. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe some uh some offensive production five on five would have translated to the power play. Um they just they didn't have enough and I think too, we should, you know, credit the Rangers for um the way they played defensively. I mean tonight yeah. their dedication to, to blocking shots, Barclay Goodrow, uh, a huge difference maker. Uh, in that regard, and then of course there's the play of, of Igor Shosturkin, who, um, likely going to win the Vesna Trophy, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, really from the time that they were down three one to the Penguins in the first round on, he's really just turned it on, and he's been he's been really really good for the Rangers, and I, I thought he was he was pretty excellent tonight. I mean, in the first period, he made a couple saves. Where the Canes, you know, had some opportunities, um, and he's making those saves. Where you say, okay, he's he's dialed in tonight, yeah. and and he's feeling it in a do or die game. And um, I think all of those things just added up, and 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 obviously didn't go the Hurricanes' way.
2: Taravina, he stopped Taravina with an incredible pad save. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. where who knows if Taravina can get uh, get some elevation, maybe it's a goal, but uh, he didn't. But he really just got the pad. Uh, out. Chris Kreider had three goals. Mika Zibanejad, four goals, eight points. He had three assists tonight. Uh, Philip Hedel had four goals in the series. You know what's interesting, though? I'm not sure that the Rangers' best player wasn't Keandre Miller. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he was phenomenal defensively this entire series. He broke up so many plays that Carolina could have had even better scoring chances at. Uh, pass, uh, pass on the back doors. It was a Slavin to Svechnikov pass. I'm trying to remember which game it was. Uh, it was in New York. It might have been game four, early in mm-hmm. game four, where he breaks. He just broke up, like, several great scoring opportunities. Uh, I was just in- incredibly impressed with keandre Miller. Um, to to me, has come into his own. Uh, we know he's got a little bit of offensive game. We've seen it. But mm-hmm. I thought he was spectacular, uh, and Schusterkin at a nine forty nine save percentage in the series. I've, that sounds good.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's. I mean, I, if if you lose a series and your gold sender is, is stopping ninety five percent of the shots he faces, I mean that that would have been impressive. So the fact that, you know it's he was he was just he was dynamite for them. And, and I mean, look at Ontirotto. Look at his numbers at home. Yeah. He's, he was really good for the Hurricanes as well. Um, but you know, obviously the difference is the Rangers were able to win on the road first. Um, it kind of reminded me of the 2019, um, the Hurricanes in Washington. Yeah. I mean, this is the Rangers team that I think we can all agree overachieved um, and is still currently overachieving. Um, and a Hurricanes team that, that had more expectations than just the second round um, they go on the road and they get a a win in Game Seven. Obviously, not the dramatic uh, double overtime fashion that the Hurricanes won in, yeah. but um, but kind of similar in that way to me.
2: Yeah. The, the, the interesting thing, though, is that I think the Rangers... do they, they're I'm not sure they overachieved or they just got here sooner than we expected. Uh, yeah. Because what this Rangers team has is an incredibly high-end offensive skill. I mean, that Hurricanes team, it didn't have Kreider, didn't have Zabanajad, had a lot of good players on it, no question. Didn't have that. Didn't have uh, Artemi Panarin. Right. Um, You know, and it it certainly didn't have the type of goaltending that these Rangers have. So, look, I... I think you're right in certainly the pattern where the uh, Washington and Carolina each traded only winning home games uh, until Game Seven and the Canes go to Washington. Um, yeah. But the like I, I think this Rangers team. I thought this Rangers team was coming two years ago uh, before we got to the bubble. Um, you could see. Uh, some of the uh, the young talent then starting to play, and then last year you knew you knew that they were going to be a problem at some point. Uh, so I just think they got here. Um, yeah, and like I, I also think that um, adding Andrew Cop, adding Frank Vetrano, Tyler Mott, mm-hmm. and Justin Braun to give them some veteran depth at the bottom of the defensive rotation. Those are all big time ads. Like, yep. it's it's for another time. It's for another podcast. But I mean, Max Domi really game seven against Boston is always going to be there. You can watch sure. the tape forever.
1: But he had another game seven goal tonight too. The he, legend grows.
2: He did have another game seven goal tonight. <laughs> uh, sure. But the you you know that's there. There wasn't great impact from Max Domi, who had no points in this series until the goal that made it what was it 5 to 2. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it's uh I think the Rangers decided to go out and, and add some stuff that made them better and I think it made them better. That I mean I'm sick and tired of hearing the kid line to, to me the kid line was really <laughs> Philadelphia.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh but that's fine. They just got better. The Rangers uh you know stretched out their lineup a little bit. And they already had the goaltending, so. Um.
1: And they're they're uh, they're well coached too. I mean, oh yeah, Gerard Gallant, success and with every team he's he's coached. Um, I don't know what the secret is. He seems to get success early, uh, and then for whatever reason it kind of goes awry. But um, that's what that's what we're seeing now is he's getting that early success, and of course you know when you have the Vesna Trophy likely winning goaltender that never hurts either
2: no not at uh not at all uh any uh, any closing thoughts before i let michael smith go uh and since it's late go to bed and (laughs) uh and go back to your normal life
1: yeah exactly uh that's that's it i can go back to um Uh, I'm sure my wife will be pleased that I'm uh, once again available on nights because I kind (laughs) of got out of this whole thing to have nights available again. And then I got pulled back in. And, and so now it's, it's going to be good to have, uh, have my nights back. I mean, obviously disappointing to, uh, to see the season end in the fashion that it did, because I think we can all agree that this team, the regular season that they had um, you, you kind of felt like they could make a run. Uh, There were a lot of, uh, maybe parallels to the to the 6 team, um, at least in terms of uh, the records that they were setting and, and breaking on the ice. Um, but again, in the end, there's there's just one team that's satisfied. Um, Rod Burnamore said tonight, you know, they're, they're one of the um, five teams left remaining. Uh, now they have to go out next year and, and try to be that last team.
2: Yeah, look, the, they're going to have to... There's going to be boy. There's going to be some changes on this roster. Uh, There sure are, and and I, you know, there could be as many as ten new faces on this roster. Uh, I said that after last year, my prediction was at least eight, as many as ten. I think the number ended up being eight, Uh, and I think the number is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be ten, but I think it's going to be seven or eight, and that's a lot of turnover. Uh, And that includes Vincent Trocek and Nino Niederreiter, uh, among others. But uh, it's going to be a very, very different-looking team. And uh, personally, I don't know how you feel about it, but we can close on this. Uh, I hope they figure out a way to bring Tony D'Angelo back. He didn't have a great series against the Rangers, no doubt about it. Uh, But he was great against Boston, and I think he was great for them all year long. I hope they figure this out.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens there. Uh, among a number of decisions, that'll be interesting for the team to make. Um, and you mentioned the the, the turnover from uh, last year heading into this year. I mean, that was that was a pretty big shakeup from a team that uh, had won the Central Division, and I think now you have a team that won the Metropolitan Division, and uh, you could see a similar sized shakeup. Now, I don't think they're gonna retool their goaltending from the ground oh. up this year. Um, but there's certainly going to be some new faces, some faces that maybe have been around for a couple of seasons now uh, that won't be around come next season. Um, and Tony D'Angelo is, a, is an interesting piece among there because I do wonder, he obviously came in, the Hurricanes got him on uh, a bargain deal uh, this year. So what happens heading into next season? He is an RFA um, uh, so what, you know, what, what is the path forward there, um, in terms of term, in terms of dollar, um, I think in terms of what he was brought in to do, uh, he was, he was a perfect fit for this team, um, especially, you know, kind of quarterbacking that first power play unit. Um, so yeah, it, it would be, I think, um, it would be nice if the Hurricanes could find some stability. Um, sort of in that in that position, um, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a busy off season. Uh, I'm sure the front office is already and has already been crunching the numbers. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a different looking team uh, come October again. That worked for the Hurricanes uh, this last season. Uh, we'll see how it pans out for them next season.
2: Michael Smith, gentleman, uh, scholar. And a man about town. Rock on tour. Um thank you so much for everything. I'll be in touch. You be in touch. I don't want to hew down to this uh but thank you so much for your time and your uh and your effort as you came uh out of the bullpen, I guess, to do this. <laughs> so well done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, a brief retirement. Um, I won't compare it to Tom Brady. I mean, I think his retirement was uh, even shorter lived. It was. Uh, but I, I have uh, enjoyed every moment of it. I appreciate the opportunity. And it was wonderful to talk hockey with you. I hope we get the chance to do so again soon.
2: Let's do it, Michael. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you, sir. All right, we're not going to get into the D'Angelo conversation now. Uh, I do hope they figure out a way to bring him back. Uh, And again, we're going to look at the roster in a later podcast. We're going to look at the future and uh, what they need to do in a later podcast. Uh, I promise that this would be about this. That this would be about this particular series. Why did they lose every road game this year? And we can go through them. And I'm I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this at all because I don't want to stretch this out longer than it has to be. But the um, Hurricanes were dominating Boston in game three, gave up the shorthanded goal, changed that game, ultimately changed the series. Canes are ahead 2 1 in game four, late in the second period. Just, I'm trying to remember the exact. You know sequence of the play, but it was just a mistake that leads to yeah. It was a it was a Brady Shea pinch, I believe, that led to Nino Niederreiter taking a defensive zone penalty. Which honestly, I got no problem with him taking because it nullified a scoring chance. And then you had the Jake DeBrus goal in the back door. Hurricanes challenging for goaltender interference. Doesn't go. They got shorthanded again. Sebastian Ajo uh, comes up high with the stick on Patrice Bergeron, four-minute double minor. So now Carolina's two men down. It It just got away from them late in the second period, but they were better than Boston to that point. Game six was the only road game Carolina stunk in. Game six in Boston. The only road game in this postseason that Carolina was bad in. The only other game they were bad in, arguably, was tonight. Against the Rangers, game three could have gone either way. I mean, you know, you gave up the power play goal. or was it, I think it was one power play goal, but, you know, the Rangers got two goals. They had the 2-0 lead. But, I mean, you played well and lost. Game four, I will take this to, for, I will forever defend my position on this. Too many opportunities, amazing opportunities to score, and they didn't. And ultimately, you, you lose the game because, again, the power play wasn't working for Carolina. It was for the Rangers. Game five, you play great. You win it. You go up in game six. Didn't qu- play quite as well as they did maybe in game four, but I thought Carolina was good. Much better in the second period than the Rangers. Should have had a goal. Should have had two goals. Get none. Rangers cash in on an opportunity after being dormant for most of the period. You fall further behind. So um, they had opportunities on the road. Didn't, couldn't figure it out. Didn't, and then ultimately they paid for it tonight when the Rangers got two power play goals uh, in the first period. That was that. And again, the first power play really created by an Antti Ranta mistake. Ajo takes the penalty. Adam Fox scores with two seconds left. Martin Natchez checking without his head. Not who who do I who do I cover? Who do I who do I get? And uh kind of messed everything up. Uh second power play, too many men. natures comes on early. Uh Jarvis struggling to the bench because Jacob Truba uh again, hockey's a rough sport, man. I didn't have any problem with it. Didn't have any problem with the hit. We got to be. I you you. I've I've been very outspoken about what my what my goal is. My goal is for you to believe me. I'm a fan too, but my goal has always been to try to be as objective as possible. And I didn't have any problem with the hit. Sucked. It sucked a 100 different ways, but I didn't have any problem with the hit. And Carolina goes down, and boom, 14 seconds is all it took. Chris Kreider makes it 2-0. But it's not like the game was over. It's not like the game was over. And let me just point this out. It's 2-1. Auntie Ranta is gone. Peter Kachetkov is in. It is 2-0 and it was this close from being a different hockey
0: player. Well, the Rangers will send one across, and Kochetkov gets across and makes the save, and the Canes turning the puck the other way. It's Ajo. Ajo across. Oh, Svechnikov can't handle it. Bounced on Svechnikov as Ajo sent it across for the young winger. Couldn't complete the shot. And now the Rangers have a chance at a two-on-one. As Strome comes in, his shot will beat Kachetkov. Short side, 3-0 New York.
2: Yeah, that was unfortunate. Uh, Not a good goal for Kachetkov to allow short side. Yeah, he can't. Kachetkov, who uh, showed flashes of being really, really good, uh, didn't handle his last two appearances, both in relief, not always easy. Um, kid's got a future. There's no question about it, but he his present is in the American Hockey League. Let him play a full season down there and develop. Hurricanes have Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ranta next year. Hopefully, they'll stay healthy. Hopefully, Freddie will be healthy uh, at the end of the season. Uh, but to that end, I hear too many people questioning Carolina's goaltending. There's no way on this earth they were going to get better goaltending than what Antti Ranta gave them. Freddie Anderson wasn't giving them better than what Antti Ranta gave them. Ranta's last two games ultimately weren't great. And he still had a 9-17 save percentage in the series. I mean, Antti Ranta was dynamite. He was one of Carolina's best three players against Boston. He was great against Boston. Peter Kachetkov had a had a plate twice. He had to win game 2 after the David Poster knock hit. Goaltending is not why Carolina lost the series. It just isn't. It's not why they lost the series. It is why they lost game 6 though. I'm not I'm we're, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, it was the first game this playoffs where goaltending cost Carolina a game. Igor Shesterkin was great throughout as the 949 save percentage will attest but game 6 was the only game this year this playoff year that Carolina lost because their goaltending wasn't good enough other the other the other losses were on different you know penalty kill not good enough or not converting uh you know some of the chances that you had so the uh, the hurricanes actually be before tonight, actually, I mean, doesn't matter. All the underlying numbers between home and road, offensively, look the same. Look the same. They should have scored more on the road. They didn't. Maybe that's Schusterkin and Swayman for Boston, and maybe it's the Hurricanes. Probably a combination of the two. Uh, but that one, that one sequence, Kachetkov save. Aho to Svechnikov, doesn't go. Strom comes back and makes it 3-0. If Svechnikov buries the, the feed from Aho to make it 2-1, no idea what happens the rest of the way. You got an entire third period, maybe in a one-goal game. But that isn't what happened. Uh, all right, now to uh, some, I think, some difficult numbers to hear. we I already told you about the special teams numbers before, and we're going to close on this. Last 45 games in the regular season for Natchez. I mentioned this to Michael Smith. Six goals, 19 points. Postseason, 14 games, no goals, five points. Last 59 games, regular season and playoffs, six goals. Six goals in 59 games for Martin Nates. Andre Svechnikov. This is the one that really hurts, by the way. Last 33 games for Svechnikov, 8 goals, 22 points. I mean, that's not great. It's about a 55-point season. Is that what we want from Andre Svechnikov? Right? Is that what we want from Andre Svechnikov? He's not paid $7.75 million uh, to be between a 55- and a 60-point-a-year guy, Right? Uh, four goals, five points in fourteen playoff games. So in his last forty-seven games, twelve goals, twenty-seven points. I mean, they Svechnikov's one of your guys, one of your, I mean, one of your horses. No good. Um, I know people get mad at me for bringing it up. I'm not hating on Yesperi Codyemi. Last 37 games, five goals, 11 assists, 16 points, 37 games. His last 51 games for the Hurricanes. And actually, I think he had an assist. Yeah, so he has two assists. Last 51 games, including playoffs, five goals. Five goals. They paid him $4.8 million for the next eight years. That's his contract for the next eight years. They better know something. They better be right. Because five goals in 51 games, and don't talk to me about opportunity, he plays on the power play. He plays on the power play. He gets about between 11 and a half and 12 minutes a game. That's not that different than what you're seeing in some of the other wingers, man. It's not the same, but it's not that different. And he's getting power play time. Five goals in 51 games. Max Domi. For the Hurricanes, two goals in 19 games. Now three goals in 14 playoff games because he had a goal tonight. So five goals in 33 games. In his last 50 regular season games, he had three goals. Hurricanes had uh, unfortunately too many empty spots offensively in their lineup in the postseason, and there are other guys. It's not these are the these are not the only guys, but for the most part, Martin Natchez's job is to score, is to produce offense. Andre Svechnikov's job is to produce offense. Jesperi Kotkaniemi, even in his role, his job to produce offense, and they didn't. Max Domi in the same way. Notice Svechnikov, Domi, KK, none of them kill penalties, so their job is to put points on the board. You can give Stahl, Foss a break because their jobs are way more than scoring. And neither scored a bunch in the playoffs, obviously. Nino Niederreiter had four goals in 14 games with just five points. Vincent Trocek was good in the Boston series, not really all that good in this series, although he had his moments. He had a Game 5 uh, goal from Stahl, a shorthanded. Uh, I actually thought he played well in Game 6. Uh, I didn't think he played all that well tonight. He had a great opportunity in the third period from uh, Jordan Martinook in tight, and he just hit Shesterkin right in the ranger. They got to get better. Um, Tony D'Angelo wasn't great in this series, but he's great in the Boston series. Uh, but they didn't really have much offensively going on the blue line. And I do want to, before we say goodbye, I do think it's worth crediting the Rangers. I think the Rangers were excellent defensively in this series. And it wasn't all Igor Shesterkin. I think the Rangers were excellent defensively. All we right, right, we're, we're, uh, we're done here tonight. The Aluminum Company of North Carolina thanks you. We thank the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You want to make your home more beautiful, more energy efficient? Aluminumcompany.com. Free no obligation estimate there. Siding, roofing, windows, doors, gutter helmets. They do it all. Aluminumcompany.com. Follow the Cane's Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating and a review if you like, but just follow it. And it shows up wherever you get your podcast. And that's the whole plan, right? So you don't have to worry or wonder, is there another episode? You know it's coming because you already have it as soon as it drops. Sorry it didn't end well. 6-2 Rangers win. They take the series in seven games. Carolina's next game will be sometime in September in the preseason. It's too bad. 116 points during the regular season. That's not a fluke. They won 25 road games, people. Don't think they couldn't win on the road. They just didn't. Couldn't and didn't are not the same. Um, that's that. I thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, we will have a few more postseason Canes Corner podcast about the team and about the makeup of the roster, about the draft, about potential trades, all of that. We haven't forgotten what uh, what our job is. We'll keep you informed about a lot of things. And uh, we'll see you very, very soon with a little bit of a uh, post-mortem on the hurricanes. Until then, I'm Adam. Thank you. Bye.
1: This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts.